And we're live. <laughs> Which one is that? Slow fade out. Is that no what it's called? Love is like water. <laughs> it was actually live live. Oh, I faded you guys out too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know it's important. Live can't at the paradise, live, We yeah. can't have anything. Exactly. <laughs> so, like that song was called "Slow Fade Out." Uh no, I just did a slow. That's, that's all over you, my friend. I I think yeah. I've used that one before, but I uh, I, I was quick. Like I just booted up my computer, so I had to just find live the band, and it's hard to Google <laughs> live band without finding live recordings of bands. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you familiar with the practice of wiki groaning? No. Mm-mm. Uh, so it's where you uh, kind of compare two similar Wikipedia articles, but um, you know you look and see what the comparative length of them is, just so you can feel you know sad. So compare the article for God to the article for Goku. Gotcha. Uh, Invariably, uh-huh. the one you would think would be more you know, uh, would be more <laughs> exhaustive. Uh, the, the one that relates to actual human life uh, is going to be the shorter one because nerds rule that asylum. Yeah. And so the concept of live music as opposed to live the band, I don't know, could be a toss-up. I, I the Live music is probably more important. Live the band is more important to me and to this show. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's so. a foundational text. Yeah, it is. What's the theme music Yeah. for the show? But none of that matters. It's all what's more important to Wikipedia. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're joined here. Uh, and, and let me see here. We have one viewer, so we're good to do the introductions. Uh, Gary and I are joined by Dennis Furia from The Level. Hey, Dennis. Hello, hello. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this uh, on this late evening. Yeah, thanks yeah, for staying late, buddy. Oh, this is, this is fine. I'm a, I'm a night owl, so this is right up my alley. Cool. I, yeah, I am feel a bit weird staring deeply into Cole's eyes. Uh, the entire time versus versus normal just audio, but I, I demand eye contact while I'm going to be on the show. Well, what's funny about these webcams is if I'm looking at you, if I'm looking at the the, the oh the right screen, yeah, and now now I'm looking into the camera, but I can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put a a moratorium on that then. Yeah, it's it's a it's a quandary. So that's the trick uh, with with teleprompters. If you can see if you're if you're watching a podcast and you can see the person's eyes moving left to right really quickly, uh, then the camera is too close. The further uh, both the camera and the prompter get away, the less difference there is. I'm like right on top of this, so you're going to see me. Of your teleprompter? Yes, of my teleprompter. Yeah, we we wrote this this whole thing out. What's that? We wrote this whole thing out in advance. Hopefully you have your lines to this. (laughs) I got them them over email earlier today. I've been rehearsing. uh, Gary and Cole are cool. Shady on Act 3, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> See, I really tried to capture you, Dennis, such as my line, look at me, I'm Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> look at me with my what, hair. What is my motivation when I'm saying that, though? <laughs> uh, you know the old like. rule, if there's, if there's a guitar on the bed in Act 1, it means it's going to be played in Act 3. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I hope not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. I, I just think that we enter into a really special, like, if you start playing guitar on the live streams, like, I don't know. That that's like that's like being at a party and playing guitar. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Nobody's happy with that. Like, there's certain kinds of parties, very specific parties, where it's okay. 
Um, they're called concerts. Yes. <laughs> and like any, anything that's not that, I think you can leave the guitar at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's there because it is too much of a hassle to put it in and out of the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would never would never be that guy. Hey, so I just pop out a quick tune here. Yeah, I've been working on sound shapes. You know, some slow jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought I was so clever. I um, you know, I had a really good setup in in uh, the room that I used to to play, where I had I had all my you know my my amp and my my guitar and all the equipment put put together really nicely, like stored really well and compactly. But that just meant it was always too much of a hassle to get out because it was this kind of reverse Tetris of everything had to come out in just the right way at just the right time. Uh, so, so putting that much thought into my, my musical stuff led to me not using it. If I put anything away, I don't use it. So, Basically, yeah. <laughs> like my, my life, my media and stuff is just a rotating, like the books I'm reading and games I'm playing are just kind of in various piles and in drawers for easy access. And then the stuff that's on the shelf or actually put away is just the stuff I'm not interested in right now. You know, so certain things are out all the time. Like I always have a keyboard set up with a stand, and I uh, I usually will have a couple. Like you know, my my DS doesn't go anywhere. Like it's just wherever I happen to be. Like there's no way for it. Yeah. Boy. Gotta have a. I love the concept of having something on deck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in certain cases, a shelf might as well be a museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? The only difference between a hoard and a collection as a place to show it off? <laughs> place yep. to keep it. Yeah. Um, I'm eating Swedish candies. I'll call it lacquerol, um, yuzo citrus that my girlfriend got from IKEA, and then I also have lacquerol uh, cactus flavored ones. Have either of you guys ever had cactus candy? No. It's foul. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's sweet, like it tastes like sugar, and it's, it's like stevia, because I can't eat sugar, but it's like stevia, and then like a weird taste you can't recognize, and then just an overwhelming wall of licorice, like uh, a licorice tidal wave at the end. Dude, Nordic countries are so proud about how much they love licorice. Mm-hmm. Like that black licorice flavor. I went to um, Finland as part of a college study program, and I swear to God, every single person I met was like, try some sisu, and like, you know, forcing <laughs> this black licorice candy on me, because they wanted to see my reaction. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. It really doesn't. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just let's get a picture of me trying one, and then I'll show that to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had stuff like flavored with agave. Is that is that any kind of close analog? Because no, I know agave is a kind of cactus, but no, agave just tastes sweet. Yeah. Like agave syrup is just a sweetener. Yeah. Has anyone had cactus as part of like an actual prepared meal? Like not not cactus flavored, but actual cactus. You can get it at the taco place by my house now. I haven't done it though, because uh, I'm afraid it'll taste like licorice. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be a cooking thing, because if you take if you take a um, uh, God, what's that plant? That's in the onion family. That tastes egg. like licorice. <laughs> Got nothing. But, yeah. dude, the one the one thing that I can think of is eggplant, but I'm guessing that's not mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Oh, aubergine, yeah. The uh, that's a terrible. Leaks, chives, no, <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, this is gonna be great. This is great radio. Yeah. <laughs> Name that plant. <laughs> instead, of, instead of Lou reads the internet, it'll just be Gary searches the internet. 
Fennel. Fennel. Oh, fennel. Okay, 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 yeah. The non-fennel seed, like if you cook fennel long enough, it just tastes like an onion. But if it's raw, it just goes from licorice to onion as you cook it. It's real weird. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe cactus is like that. Like it'll just take it'll taste like an onion taco. <laughs> which also now that I say it sounds gross. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, mm. At that point, you know, just put onions on it. Try yeah, exactly. Yeah, I need to have a little bit more than that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Dennis. Yeah, I have no idea what the format is, uh, so you guys tell You're me. You're looking at it, bud. All right, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> we got some cues. We can provide some A's. You know, yep. we're, we're all in here. For anybody who's watching the, uh, the, the video feed, Gary is angry face Gary right now because of technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry about that. Delay. I'm in a new, new, uh, new setup in my new place, and I haven't uh, tested the webcam and uh, didn't end up having time because I came from work. Yeah. So if Dennis and I are more, like, defensive, like if we're telling you to chill out yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. What do you mean? How was my day? My Google Plus icon, so. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the second time you've been on video for the network though, Dennis. Right? You were over here for uh, for Duckstream. Oh yeah, yep, I was. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good time. We ate a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, so so we we ordered the pizza and I was like, okay, here's pizza and a coupon for like extra extra breads like breadsticks for an extra two dollars or something. And their idea of like breadsticks is a medium sized pizza box that is filled with starch logs. <laughs> And one singular, like, little one one tablespoon glob of, like, marinara sauce. It's like... <laughs> it seriously looked like someone shat out their breadsticks. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it's just a, a, a little something extra. That's fine. And then, no, it was it was a terrible idea. Yeah. Oh, well. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the Thursday after Bloodborne comes out. So if I if I look kind of like I've been sleeping on a couch all week, it's because the, uh, I left the house for the first time since Tuesday today. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a little bit of that, like also mainlining the Bloodborne, but not as much as I wanted to. So. No. Is it, it a game that resists mainlining? It, it did for me. Like I got I got a point where I got too mad to continue, and then like, <laughs> but now I really want to play it. I saw. Okay, this is. I'm curious. I saw the post about screaming into a pillow for the first time while playing a game, and I want to know which yeah. of you that was. Oh, that was me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got real mad at a boss that didn't give Cole as much trouble, but that always happens. Like, and then the boss preceding yeah. gave Cole more trouble, and then like, but I was I was pretty under leveled for it and didn't know because um you know it's a Souls game and the direction isn't great and I had had a soul mishap and lost a lot of souls that I could have used to level up to at a more appropriate level. And uh, it just you know and there there we'll talk about it at length for about a year. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of design decisions that make. If you run up to a boss and start failing, um, you keep failing in a way that drives me a little bit nuts. Um, mostly with how they deal, like the replacement for Estus in-game mm-hmm. um, is pretty obnoxious to me. Yeah. Um, but again, like I just came away from being really mad at it. Like in the end, I might come, you know, come to it really liking that decision, but that decision is making me mad right now. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you done that? Because you, you farm out areas, like... If you have to keep, I mean, we don't want, we don't need to put Bloodborne spoilers in the live stream, but like, if you keep keep doing it, like eventually you just things get dro- you know dropped less and less. Cool. Have you run into that yet? Not really. No, I haven't. I haven't been in a situation where I've farmed that much, to be honest. Like if you if you just keep end up having to spend your uh, your healing potions, eventually they'll run out, and then eventually the area between you and the boss will stop dropping them, 
Hmm. Oh God, I have to just either like buy them or go somewhere else, and it just, it I I can't fathom it. I can't figure out why that is a thing. It sounds mm-hmm. like they did some serious thinking about the worst way to make the game more difficult. And like just that one, there are a lot of ways it does it that are really good, but that decision I haven't come to peace with, and I really want to know what the deal was with it. Hmm. Yeah, there may be a situation where it pays off, but it definitely is one of those meta changes that changes the entire like push and pull of the game a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's monumentally different. Yeah, it's uh, oh. so yeah. I've I've kept myself in in order to uh, not repeat the uh, the 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 great Dark Souls two burnout uh, of uh, of twenty thirteen or sorry twenty fourteen. Fuck, time is meaningless, you guys. Um, I I've decided to limit myself to eight hours a day. Hmm. So Why? that has paid off, I think. Hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's still a lot of game. It is, yeah, but I'm not working. I mean, I'm calling in, but that's it. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I wish I'd, I'd put, I was able to put in eight hours a day. I'm not quite there. Yeah, but I've got a bunch of time this weekend. I can uh, really, really cram jams. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Put, put that blood in your veins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek the good blood. Mm-hmm. I'm inching ever closer to buying a PS4 and... It's uh, it's got to be on the near horizon as all the as all the hype um, for this game fills up my Twitter feed. So yeah, it's a, like it's a pretty system. I haven't done anything else with it other than like buy a couple things on the sale um, mm. that I mm. couldn't buy on my my PSP. Um, you know, it's it's relatively pretty. The controller feels nice. Um, those are nice things I can say about it. Yeah, there's not any, like there's not tons of other software I'm super into. Um, that I found like I got the version that came with The Last of Us remastered. And I'm looking forward to playing the DLC, yeah. but that game looked pretty good as it was. Um, you know, it's one of those kind of like the same thing with like the Resident Evil remaster, where it's like, ah, oh, this game looked great. You know, <laughs> I don't know if this is necessary, necessarily. But, yep. Yeah, it's a pretty quick rotation, pretty yeah. quick, you know, turnaround between the two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. Like I've played a little bit into it, just as like a tech demo kind of thing. Um, and like I would love to have it for uh, for Scholar of the First Sim, but they just announced that. Did you see that, Cole? The no, no. Model. If you have the PC version of Dark Souls 2, you get Scholar of the First Sim with all the DLC for 20 bucks. Oh, they're doing the the remixed version. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what do you have to lose by getting it for the 20 bucks and then seeing how it runs? Like the thing that would get me into the PS4 version of it is just consistency. Like if my machine mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't take it down, but that's I'm willing to take a, a gamble on that. Yeah, and even if I had to run it on shitty settings, like. I'll check out all the new enemy placement shit, even if I, it doesn't look quite as pretty, or if it, uh, you know, it'll still have the lighting. It just might not be as high, you know, quite mm-hmm. look as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Dennis, for you, it make a lot of sense if you've been claiming your PS, your PS4 games um, when they oh, come out uh, on PSN. Yeah. Have you? I have, and but the interesting dichotomy is, the longer that the PS4 has been around, the better PS3 games they put on uh, out on PlayStation Plus. So they, they're starting to kind of get into really big-name, excellent titles mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, you know, I just haven't gotten a chance to play yet. So they're kind, of, they're kind of feeding me now a reason to keep the PS3 instead of before they were feeding me reasons to, to mm. buy a PS4. Yeah, I mean, so. you can keep the PS3 around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is also true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Right, right now I am, I am not at a loss for, for great games to play on current systems. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's... Those of just came out. I'm pissed. Like that snuck up on me, and it's like I really want to play that, and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to for a very long time. 
Okay. Like. Quick question. So Torment Shades of Numenera is to Planescape Torment as Pillars as of Baldur's Eternity Gate is to is to Baldur's Gate? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. that another Avalon joint? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is, he worked on more directly. I think Pillars of Eternity he did a little bit of writing on and wrote a novella that was a stretch goal. But he was less involved in that than he was in this. This is the next, like, proper Avalon game after, uh, well, I guess Wasteland 2, but I was going to say South Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was more heavily involved in this than he was Wasteland 2, even. Right. So, I like yeah. Wasteland 2 a lot. So, like, I'm, I'm digging this, and a lot of people are going nuts over it, even though, like, you know, this is a totally original observation. The uh, the review backlash, new game review backlash thing on Twitter uh, is real fun to watch and not at all annoying. And uh, people are really going crazy for Pillars now the same way they were for Bloodborne, and then people were like kind of bitching about Bloodborne and honestly just chill the fuck out, Twitter, because it's, it's all, you know, look these things settle like a second, for God's sakes. Like, they should force you to get a tattoo that says that when you sign up for Twitter. Chill yeah. the fuck out. <laughs> Or, or like the if you you should only tweet things if you're willing to get a tattoo of them. <laughs> or there's like a random chance. Like there's like a like a like a point one percent chance you'll have to get it as a tattoo. So like the person who's just like, oh that's great. Bl- Bloodborne is a regressive nonsense game about men killing things, and I'm like, well, you, know, you watch a little bit of footage, and I don't know if that's that's necessarily true. Um, you know, it is not the worst game in the series. It's not you know because like two days ago you were saying it was the best game in the series. You know, just uh, cool it, guys. Yeah. You can tell how stuck uh, someone is on a boss by what their opinion of the game is at the moment. Yeah. Like, well, that's why when people were asking me this stuff about it yesterday when I was super mad at the, the boss I was stuck on, I was just like, don't ask me now, you know? Like, I'm really mm-hmm. mad right now. Like, it, or like, they're like, how do you like the game? I'm like, I like it. I'm really mad at it right now, though. So, is this going to settle? Like, all of that stuff, you know, the Souls game is such a, it's, it's such a journey to, yeah. uh, to really get to a, to a stopping place as far as your feelings on it, you know? You just have to wait for water to find its level, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't there, know. There like, is a marked difference between those games from once you've learned them versus the first time you're going through. And that's what we're running into because the, the Dark Souls 1 knowledge that carried me through Demon Souls and Dark Souls 2 uh, is working against me here. So the uh, <laughs> it is it is by far the most different of the series and is you know it's pretty out there. Like It's, it's pretty ballsy, I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to talking about it. Me for too. My length. <laughs> the, the 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 thing that's getting me right now though is I have no idea what my progress through the game is right now. Oh me fucking! <laughs> I, I I'll do you one better. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it is it is directionless on a level that they've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even from place to place, like I sometimes know where to go next, but my grand purpose here is not very spelled out. No. And the rhyme and reason to the people who I'm fighting and stuff, like, is not a thing either, like, so, it'll be, like, it just, once I learn more, like, it'll just be really fun to unpack that, because it is so different. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not gonna, during the season, we're not gonna have the touchstones of, like, oh, this is the, this is reminiscent of this. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna have that nearly as much to lean on, I think. Yeah. Um, which will be... Oh, no, cool. we're gonna have to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I think it'll be harder work, but it will be more interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, let's 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 not burn any more cast on Bloodborne because we're gonna have that first impressions out here in the next couple of days. Yeah. yeah, let's ask uh, let's answer some questions. 
Let's answer some questions. So we had some people drop some stuff in the comments. Thank you, everybody, for coming out um, and putting those questions in there. It really helps us out <laughs> when we do this here. Uh, so I'm going to pull one from the comments here first just uh, uh, to warm us up. So Alan Del Rio um, writes in some nice things about, hey, his favorite two podcasts coming together. Uh, but his question is, how did WAF and The Level come about? I've gotten snippets from WAF about you met on Something Awful, uh, but I don't know much beyond that. With regards to the level, I know that you're all friends, but how did you decide to do a podcast? Sorry if the latter has been covered. I just started listening recently. Currently on level 30. So he's one of those maniacs who starts at the beginning and then catches all the way up. That that blows my mind. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like, I feel like with that kind of show, you should start at the end and work your way backwards in the spaces in between. Yeah. Like almost. Because like starting at the beginning, it's like you're getting like fresh takes on news from like a really long time ago. <laughs> You know, oh, you you assume that doesn't happen now on the level getting news from a really long time. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I guess that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys hear about E3 six years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fresh perspectives on old shit. Yep. It's it's a classic taste on a take on a new favorite. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. uh, which one do you guys want to start with? I feel like Gary, we've we've covered the yeah the we've covered the WAF origin story a bunch, and there's not that much more to it than than Alan said. Yeah, um, but I don't know that, and you guys may have covered the level origin story on the level, but I don't think you've covered it here. Well, it's we funny have. because whenever we hit a landmark, I like to re-rack and just kind of give everybody a little bit of a, a little bit of a summary, like, hey, here's who we are, and here's where this comes from, and we're right on the cusp of episode 100. Uh, but we'll do this for the Patreon backers <laughs> here right now. Dennis, I'd be curious to hear your version of it. Yeah, sure. So we all, yes, we all uh, lived um, across the hall from each other in uh, my and your and David's freshman year of college. Ben's sophomore, something like that. Yeah. Ben was our Ben was our RA, um, and I think David and Cole lived uh, in the same room with Ben, and I was re- directly across the hall. Um, and I, I don't know how much it's it, it's so hard to separate like. <laughs> when we became the level of friends that we are now, um, but I know that Cole, you were into into college radio or into into the the radio station there, um, and had been kind of fishing around for what that show was about. And I went through several iterations, but was it Ben who first came and hung out with you while you were doing it? Yeah, yeah, I had Ben come just because I was I was like you said fishing around and trying to find stuff out. And it was after a great deal of um, kind of badgering and hectoring that I managed to get you guys into the studio uh, just, uh, to be the, uh, the the other on the other side of the table there. And uh, eventually, I got all of you um, in as the show settled down into the all video game talk format. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I think the first time I actually showed up in this studio, um, I I had, I was coming with Ben from something. I think I'd eaten dinner with him or something like that. And he was just like, I'm going over here. And I was like, I'll follow you. So, uh, and then we, you know, we all sat down. It was, it was freaking amazing. It's just a ton of fun. Uh, background on me, I did, um, like, speech and debate all throughout high school. So uh, I love a microphone. I love the stage. <laughs> and so that, that fit very well uh, and was enjoyable. And then, obviously, as we got to know each other better, uh, living across from each other and then through the show, uh, it, just, it just kept on going. And more consistently, uh, we all started showing up. Uh, let's see. At, at that point, I think I think it'd be interesting to go through some of the different bits we've done on the show. Because like, originally, we, we would do like musical breaks, and we just I, I remember there was a big rack of CDs, a big file cabinet of CDs behind us, and we'd just take turns picking a song. 
and a lot of, like you know my my tastes in music are um, admittedly not incredibly well formed. Uh, so I, you know, I'm going through this like I don't recognize any of these bands. I just need to find a band that I know. That was my goal every time. Was like I just need a band that I recognize, and a track that I recognize. Um, but so we used to do musical breaks. Um, there was a period right when we had gone to um, actual podcast format. So sorry, every, everyone graduated and we went to podcast format to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And at that point, sorry, at that point it was all Don't Tree Riddle. So stand on the Don't Tree and riddle me this. Yep. Um, which is a bit of what do they call it? hanging hanging corpse poetry? Uh, yeah, exquisite corpse poetry. Exqu- yeah, there we go. Exquisite corpse poetry that comes from I think way back from you. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, something. It was the name of a bands that I quote unquote bands played uh, like open mics with. It was me and my roommate Jordan at the time. Nice. Yeah. 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 So uh, that that was the name that stuck for however many I want to say 150 episodes or something like that. 155. 155 episodes, nice. Yeah. Uh, and and then I you would have to comment. So we we went through several different formats. We did uh, for a while. We did like or for a couple episodes at least did Yahoo Answers. If you remember that, I, I did we. I, I I know we read Yahoo Answers on the show. Yep. Uh, we did. I, I would come up with games for us to play. So we did like I would I would send you and Ben um, like a a character that the other person would have to guess. You were really good at it. Ben does not do impersonations. <laughs> so I'd send Ben like, okay, you are Solid Snake trying to quit smoking or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you would just be like his exact same voice. Like, um, <laughs> I can use a nicotine patch? I'm Ben Merkel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that one died pretty quick. Um, but eventually we, we kind of settled down into the, the groove that we've got now. And yeah. Cole, you're going to have to comment on what, what, what brought about the idea to change to the level. Was it just that uh, you realized the level was an open name? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, I figured it was, time, it was time for a reboot because the, it had it, it, uh, um, settled into a, a completely new rhythm, and um, I wanted to make it easier for people to approach. Um, so I was just kind of Googling around. I thought, man, the level would be a good name. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. Let's grab it as quick as possible. Um, and that ended up being for the better, um, you know, not just because it's more marketable or, or whatever, but it gave us a chance to, you know, to kind of reset some expectations around the show um, and kind of lay some cement, I guess, around some of our new ideas. So, yeah. Yep. And one of those ideas, actually, the multiplayer section didn't really show up until we had a bit more of, like, a Facebook page that people were actually on. Right. So I know that that one didn't even start right at the beginning of, of the level. So Alan... Is probably just getting to the point where we're actually doing them consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's pretty much the story. We're you know college friends who just happen to, you know, live next to each other. Um, you know, like I knew David, you know, from way back. Like I'm talking like kindergarten way back. <laughs> um, and uh, and then you and you and Ben are you know cousins by marriage. Yep. Yep, yeah. that was that was one of those weird small world things. Because at that point we weren't actually cousins; he was just the cousin of my girlfriend, uh, which led to some interesting situations. But <laughs> also my RA, which led to interesting. Yeah, situations. that power dynamic. Yeah, that was. But, I mean, Ben is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben is so low key that uh, it was it was hard to generate awkwardness. But he, you know, he he is. Uh, a hard person to, to ruffle. 
<laughs> yeah, I like Ben a lot. I wish that when he was in uh, Portland, we had hung out more. Um, I know he had buddies and stuff. I don't say that to blame him, but um, it was fun. I like that yeah. dude. He's, he's the kind of person who decided not to RA a second year because he wanted to maintain the friendships that he had started the first year and actually like completely meant it and it wasn't just an excuse. Yeah. You can, you can mind. No, like He's a genuine dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know that I would have been as successful my first year of college, like, just at kind of living on my own, quote-unquote, and the weird version of a- adolescent adulthood that that is if he wasn't, like, super supportive and, like, super, like, hey, let's go do stuff and everything. That was a real kind of inflection point for me. So he was kind of really important for me there. And it's cool that we're, you know, still staying in touch with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, Braden Cameron gives us an easier one here. Um, I'm on my phone and can't submit a question. If I could, it would be, which Pokemon is cutest? Gengar, Machop, or Diglett? Diglett. <laughs> I was going to say Diglett as well. Yeah, Diglett's pretty good. He's, he's throwing us a softball. He's going to introduce that segment to Teenage Dirtbags, which like no one will hear for six months because we record those in, well in advance. But uh, this one's way easier than some of the, the hard-hitting which Pokemon is cutest questions he's hit me with up at game night. <laughs> So, Actually, let me, I, I want to give this its due diligence. What, what were the other two? Uh, Gengar, who is, I believe, the second evolution on the gas. <laughs> <region>. <laughs> what? Friend, Gengar Haunter turns into a Gengar from a ghastly buddy. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> get with it. The tree, though. Give me the first credit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? The uh, yeah. you, like, this is Pokemon 101, bud. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but then, and then he, what was it, Machop or Machamp? Machop. Ugh. Machop yeah, like, like a little little man. Like, whenever oh. there's a Pokemon that just like walks on hind legs and clearly like writes songs and has <laughs> dreams, like it's really wrong. Like, battling animals or bugs, sure, but the sentient ones are just essentially people. That's what I think it's real weird. Like your Mister Mister's mime and your Jinxes and stuff. Yeah, and I can't. This is. Machop, I can't tell if those are fat rolls or ribs on his torso there. I think they go from fat rolls to ribs. Eventually, he becomes a Machamp. Interesting. Machamps are are horrifying. Yeah, Machamps are pretty bad. Like, they've got, like, striations on their biceps. Yeah. They're really weird. And, uh, like, that whole family has has hair that that I think is supposed to be cornrows, but actually comes across as, like, meaty flesh ridges. I, I think that they are, I don't know if they are hair. I think they might be like little dinosaur ridges. Huh. They yeah, I, I run the dinosaur ridges as well. Yeah. And then you start getting into Hitmonlee and, and Hitmone Chop and Hitmon Top and stuff. And that whole martial arts family, like there's one of them in uh, the most recent generation, I think, that just wears a, a gi. Like he's just a guy wearing clothes. Like he looks like a little bit like a monster, but he's just wearing a karate gi. His name's Philip. Yeah, like what's he doing? <laughs> wearing clothes, man. Like that's not okay. His, um, his like entering battle call is oh hey guys yeah, yeah like, <laughs> the the uh, the thing with Diglett though is that I think they're cute but I have no idea what goes on under the under the fold so to speak like they're, these could things be just, could be like horrifying exactly the my theory is that it's like a rat king that every Diglett that we see is just the, the 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 terminus of some kind of appendage that reaches up so all Diglets and in fact all dig trios and such um, are connected to one writhing mass at the at the center of the earth Doug trio. oh my god you guys google google image search Diglett below ground 
<laughs> well, I'm on my way. <laughs> I, mean, it's just a bunch I, don't, I don't know if you're going to get the first image. Oh, this is great. All these are really good. <laughs> Look at these bad boys. Um, I oh, my God. If these are actually oh, the dark tree on the ground. Yeah, I would just say three, three uh, Choinikis <laughs> giving each other, giving each other <laughs> a hand hug. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, if, if, this, if these are actually how Diglett looks, then I don't think he's the cutest. <laughs> Some of them are just balls under there, like he's just a dick. Yeah, I, I see a cute one that he just has like tiny little mole legs. Yeah, I did. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> just little balls. Now I see what you mean. It's a dick. Yeah, there's some of them that are just like literally just hairy balls under the ground, and it's just like a planted dick. Yeah, there's one that's uh, that's a whole dude that has a dig like a daylit face, like yeah. kind of like splayed out backwards with yeah. a dick popping up out the ground. Yeah, he doesn't put his diglet face up. He just has a dick above ground, so so it can fight monsters. <laughs> so Jinxes can gum it. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> can. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so maybe that's a trick question. I'm sorry, Brayden. I didn't mean to be so flippant with your question because it's a pretty good, it's a good, good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're uh, if you're comfortable with whatever Diglett might be the tip of the iceberg of, then oh shit, uh, then, I yeah. found, I'm sorry, I found one from the cartoon. Okay. Yeah, they're just little spheres. They're like potatoes. Because there's there's oh. a picture. If you scroll down, it's like a cartoon from the anime. Somebody holding up a Doug trio. Hmm. It's just like three potatoes and some dirt. So they're just little spheres, and that that is cute. Or little, yes. little yeah, yeah. Yes. It's resolved. They're little adorbs. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, David Petroco asks, "Hey guys, hope the bloodborning is going well. Um, I've been filling the void with Final Fantasy Type Zero HD and the Final Fantasy Fifteen demo, and I'm glad to report that both games are fairly solid. Type Zero's gameplay is is solid, and the only weird thing is that uh, not all the characters got HD'd." That's hmm. nuts. Hmm. Um, uh, slightly odd seeing high-res general talk to a low-res general cannon fodder sprite. Yeah, the PSP roots uh, show, but it's a good game overall. 15, this wasn't so much a question as a uh, as, as a status update. Hey, David. Um, I have no idea what Final Fantasy Type-0 is. Does anybody... Cool. It sounds like it was on PSP, did they say? Yeah, and then I got up or something. Yeah, I don't know. He continues, Dennis, hope the dad life is treating you well. My daughter's favorite toy is an old Xbox 360 controller, and I couldn't be more proud. How's baby <laughs> Luke doing? He's doing good. He's uh, he's right on the verge of crawling. So he's got mm. um, spinning himself around in circles down really pat. He's He's got that one. Um, and can kind of scoot himself backwards a little bit, and he's, he's very, very concentrated on trying to figure out forwards. So... You should probably think about baby beat proofing. I'm looking around the room, and that is not something we have done. So uh, we're kind of we bought some latches, and they couldn't figure out exactly how they were supposed to hook up to the the various drawers and stuff. So I'm counting on at least another week. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I said I was counting on at least another week before he figures it out. (laughs) It's funny how a baby is like a remote control car that slowly repairs itself over the course of four months. Yeah. First it goes in circles, and then it kind of goes sideways a little bit, and then it finally is, uh, you know, breaking and finally getting smokes. What's that? So then it goes to college. (laughs) I was going to go that direction, but I didn't want to be genuinely bumming you out. No, no, it's fine. 
Yeah. Uh, Brayton has a question here. Uh, okay, more questions. A remake of Poltergeist comes out in May. Anything you wish Hollywood re- would remake, or a remake, or a remake Hollywood if it could. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood is my favorite uh, tune, and this Noid mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't change anything about her. So. Yeah. Gotta gotta dip in that inkwell. Yeah. Noids and tunes don't mix. Um. Yeah, what, what, what do you guys have answers for this? What would be a good thing? I can think of, it's more like I can think of things like I'm surprised they didn't remake that. Like, not things like I wish they would remake that. <laughs> yeah. The thing that popped into my head, and I don't know if I actually would stand by this, is the Clue movie. Hmm. Like, just that, and I'm not sure if it's that movie specifically or that style of movie. Um, certainly the method of releasing it, I... Uh, I would want to see redone, where they put different versions in different theaters. Yeah, Clue, Clue, Clue stands up pretty well. Like if you watch it recently, like Clue's pretty good. But, like the, it stands on the casting, like one hundred percent entirely. Like any of those great ensemble movies, lean entirely on 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 the cast themselves. So a remake would just kind of replace them with people who I would constantly be comparing to the original cast. Yeah, yeah. it and makes it, like it, six Adam like, Tatum's and like, you know, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just envisioning like Adam Sandler in Clue. It's like, no, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. Seth Rogen is Colonel Mustard. Oh God. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen literally nothing about that Pixel movie except that I should hate it. Isn't isn't it just the plot from that one Futurama What If episode where the where the video games invaded Earth? I, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, that. I understand it's based on a viral video, which which tells me all I care to know about it. But, Thumbs uh, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing to base a movie on. The you know what I like an, a serious answer. I could stand a and they kind of did this a little bit, but I could stand an actual reboot, not necessarily a remake of the uh, mainline X Men's. Hmm. They did first class, but those are totally different. And the first like the first X Men movie aged really poorly. Like, suddenly with, like, the adult X-Men doing more classic X-Men shit, I could handle with, like, that cast and such. So the, so the very same cast, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're the, like I think the movie's cast pretty well. Maybe throw in uh, throw in Beast. But, um, you know, as opposed to making Spider-Man, like, a thousand times. You know, which they didn't really do a thousand times, but just, like, you know, Feels we like. all know they, they did Spider-Man a lot. They did it really recently. Like, mm-hmm. X-Men, it was really cool that they didn't do that and they just did first class. But, like, I almost think that there's stuff to be mined, you know, outside of that. And they kind of bridge the gap with the Days of the Future Past mm-hmm. uh, movie. So, like, that integrated the universes. Like, you could do it pretty easily. I like to see the adult X-Men do adult X-Men shit. Yeah. I mean, we're we're pretty staunch. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, Gary, but I would love to see them pull, like, the, uh, um, the high school um, revolt storyline in, you know, like just do anything from the Grant Morrison run that's a little bit more politically challenging. Yeah, it would be be hard to do a lot of stuff from that just because I don't know how it would look on the page. Like some of the stuff is just bonkers. Like you couldn't do, um, what is it, like The World? Um, That arc where like they showed uh, Phantom X's origin place where like time is compressed to (laughs) jumpstart evolution and like it's just a big Chris Bacallo, you know, dreamscape the entire time. You couldn't present it visually, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but there are there are definitely stories they could do that would be really cool from that run. Um, but that's not really. I mean, I guess that's not even really a remake though, because a remake would be that same plan where like I was just thinking about it in my head that the plan of 
X-Men 1 is that Magneto is going to make a turn the Statue of Liberty into a device that turns every human in New York into a mutant. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. And then when the senator turns <laughs> and he just melts into water, it's a pretty stupid movie in retrospect. And I don't want them to remake it. Fuck it. I take it back. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm curious, as someone who's not familiar with the comics, how closely do the movies pull from the comics and how much are they just pulling the characters from the comics? Uh, the first one's entirely the latter. The uh, second one is probably, um, like, pulls elements from a bunch of the different comics that are all fairly faithful. At different arcs, right? Like, the second one is a great deal of, like, Weapon X and God Loves Man Kills. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then the third one is a lot of, like, the Dark Phoenix saga and uh, the Cure um, Josh Whedon's first arc on it, but it, they're not mashed very well. Like those, that's like one arc for like a space opera from the seventies, you know, mashed with like a really modern kind of cool take on X-Men and they don't jive very well, even though both individually are relatively faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the dark Phoenix saga isn't that faithful, but it's, it's mildly, mildly. So, so like it varies from up issue or uh, movie to movie, but um, usually they kind of err on the side of like just stealing the bits they like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of over like comic book reboots because every every reboot is just an opportunity to do the origin story over again. That's the thing is they just need to stop doing that. Yeah. Like we we know it, you know. Or just do it in the credits. You know, that's why I didn't go see that spider that Spider-Man movie even though like I like Spider-Man movies in mm-hmm. general, but like I was just like I can't I don't need to set through Spider-Man getting his powers again. Yeah. Like ever again. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally just a story I know by heart. It's, like, essentially, you know, a fairy tale at this point. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so for my answer on this, it's going to be really unsatisfying. If there's a movie that I like enough to want to see them do it again, I liked it enough in its original form to be like, eh, I can just, like, that movie will always exist. And I can't think of anything that, like, needs to be updated for the times. Well, you forgot, like, when they do that new Ghostbusters, it's going to erase all the Ghostbusters DVDs. With <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you forgot about that. Like, you know, that take all of your Ghostbusters DVDs. Yeah, that's a good point, except where that you forgot one thing. And that's when the Lady <laughs> Ghostbusters comes out. There's no, all of our childhoods are over, over because mm-hmm. our, entire, our childhoods entirely rest on Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the best quote, which is, your 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 childhood isn't being ruined by female Ghostbusters. Your adulthood is being ruined by misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is like when when the studio came out and said, "Hey, you know what? We can have like a whole other male Ghostbuster uh, happening." And, you know, at the, at the same time, there's nothing saying we can't. I, I wanted to tweet, and the only reason I didn't was because I didn't want game, Gators knocking on my door. You didn't. Um, you didn't was, I didn't know that Title Nine applied to Ghostbusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's 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 an important question, like what gender best bust ghosts, and uh, this is the only way we're gonna find out is if we put them head to head and we have both, both cast ghost busting. Well, really, the male anatomy is better suited. Yeah, they're more twitch-based muscle reflexes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> their volatile emotions will attract the ghosts and the psi energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, so, I, I almost oh, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, the the one I just thought of is the thing. I can't believe there hasn't been a remake of the thing. They're kind oh, of there has... it's not it's not a remake. It's like a prequel. Oh. Oh. Um. Mm. Or, or, or yeah, like the the thing that came out in like 2013 mm-hmm. or 2012 is uh it has the same title. It's just called the thing, but it's a prequel, I think. Okay. Okay. This is interesting. I did not know about it. 
Yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch it because it looked really bad. Like that was actually, I was actually going to bring that up in terms of movies that I really like that are remakes of other really good movies. Because like The Thing is a really good remake. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the nineteen seventy one with Donald Sutherland. That's yeah. one of my favorite movies, that's, and that's a remake as well. Uh, the Body is, the Heat is, only is a great kind remake of, a, of good. A remake. Good. I was going to say The Thing is only kind of a remake. Like it's a remake, but it's not like Invasion of the Body Snatchers is very much a remake. The yeah. Thing is like kinda. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one I want to make sure it gets out there is uh, Body Heat is a wonderful remake of Double Indemnity. Mm. Um, has a William Hurt and uh, Kathleen Turner. It's one of the sexiest movies you're ever going to watch. Um, it's really great. Um, but uh, like the only thing I can think of is like adaptations. Like I would love to see. So I'm dipping back into House of Leaves because Mark C. Danielewski's new book, The Familiar, is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I keep on thinking like, man, I would love to see like an interpretation of what happens in here, at least in some of the storylines on film, but like that's a different question about adaptation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adaptation is different than, than a remake. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like it's hard, it's hard for me to think of like good remakes of things. And these are, these are tired takes. It's another episode of tired takes. <laughs> Gary Butterfield, but like, it's just hard to think of times that's been done well, but it's also, it's the kind of thing like, Many of that stuff, like, the, the proper reaction is to not give a shit, I feel like. Like, if you get too mad about it, that's dumb, too. Mm-hmm. Just like, I can't believe they're making all these remakes. This is fucking stupid. It's like, this is not affecting you in any way. Like, not really. Reminds, you know, it was my thing that made me think of, um, uh, like, when there was a big kerfuffle about that, uh, like, the Kim Kardashian cell phone game. Um, and, like, it's just, like, I don't, like, I just don't care. Like, the, the idea that, like, people are mad at it is dumb. Like, it's not a game for me, but it's literally not affecting me in any way. Like, and same thing with her in general. Like, I, I don't care. I don't. What does that have to do with me? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. It's fine. It's great. It's like it's such, it's so different of a world that like it may as well not even be exist on my earth. You know. Yeah. I so. mean, the way that I look at you know a bad a bad remake that I may kind of eh, you know to say whatever to is just another entry for somebody into something that I like. You know. Yeah. Go yeah. back and watch the original. If you like that one, you should go back and watch the original. Yeah. Well, they, they go away so fast too. Like, when was the last time you heard anyone talk about Predators? Like, <laughs> sure. Brody, like Predator sequel. Like, no one's ever mentioned that after it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just if you just close your eyes for a second, like they'll go away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, there's one here that's kind of long from Graham. I'm gonna go into the actual Q and A stuff. Uh, Jeremy Greer has less of a question and more of just kind of a demand slash entreaty. Uh, but I can't be here to watch it live. But I can't believe y'all are taking time from Bloodborne to record this. You're all insane. Go back to your PS4s immediately. Well, we just care too much. <laughs> like this is an obligation. This is part of our jobs. Yeah, this is <laughs> you pay us to do this. Also, this is the night that Dennis was able to record, and also it's kind of <laughs> nice to take a break from Bloodborne. You know, yeah. like it works. <laughs> I mean, you know, Gary does have just angry Gary up right now, so we don't know I, what yeah. he's doing. I'm also like I had a, a long, frustrating day, and I'm super cranky. Like this is like total cranky takes in general, but it's nothing to do with Bloodborne. Like I can go back to Bloodborne and like immediately get killed by a bunch of stuff and feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not a medicinal break. And I'm not cranky because I'm missing out on blood time. Like, I'll give my blood time. Blood time. <laughs> oh man, what was what, what was the thing you said to me on text earlier? Like uh, the bl- blood gate, blood blood barn. Oh, making your way through the blood barn. Oh yeah, you gotta go through that blood barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't. This isn't original. I think somebody said someone on Twitter was like, "My son's also named Bloodbort." <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I don't care if it's not original. I am writing it down yeah. as a possible title. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't do the hold up the card because the only writing implement that I have is a highlighter. Oh, God. So I can only pray that I can read it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeremy has kind of a kind of a, a real question here. Um, a serious question. I'm curious as to Gary and Cole's opinions on the PS4 in general. Things like the UI, the games you've played, if any, besides Bloodborne, etc. I know both of you are usually PC people and are only picking up PS4s for one specific game. Uh, that like I I'm more the PC person than Cole is. I think um, Cole does do some DC, PC stuff. I I picked up PlayStation Plus because I needed to do online Bloodborne stuff, and it was like this month there was a you know I. Download Ali Ali 2, which is cool. Like I, we reviewed Ali Ali 1 for Comrade, and I liked it. Um, but that's the only other game I played on it. And uh, I think the UI is less uh, obtrusive than like most Xbox UIs that I've seen. At least the screenshots of the new one and my Xbox 360. Um, and it's fine. It's still like trying to like. It just has a bunch of chaff on it. Like it's just like I don't need to you know, like stream unlimited music on this thing. You know, I can see there is a user for that. That's fine. But to me, there's a lot of, like, excess space, which isn't hurting me, similar to, like, a Ghostbusters reboot isn't hurting your childhoods. <laughs> like, yeah. So it looks nice. And the controller feels great. I'm actually really impressed with the controller. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting to be. I, like, it looks so similar to the PS3 controller, and I wasn't expecting it to be this much better. But I think it is. Yeah, is, is it, just, uh, it contours more, more neatly. Yeah, and it just feels good. Like, the action on the buttons is really nice. It reminds me of um, when I upgraded my 3DS. And it's like it's just different. It just like feels like better components, you know. I'm just like better clicks. I'm surprised you didn't mention the inverted uh, analog sticks uh, when talking about that. That they they kind of are concave instead of convex now. Oh, yeah. Maybe I didn't notice. Like it just kind of felt natural and just kind of worked. Yeah, because I mean that's a that's a frustration for me on PS3 is just mm. having your thumb slip off at any time you're you're putting any amount of pressure on it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the PS4 controller has taken over my Xbox 360 controller as my de facto PC gaming controller. So like that thing moves all around my house as I play one thing on on one thing, another thing on another. It just works fantastic. Did you have to do anything to make that work? No. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I will. I will start doing that. I think. Yeah, like it works out of the box on Mac um, for a bunch of stuff, like as out of the box as uh, as a 360 controller does. Uh, Windows, um, same kind of deal, at least on my machine. It's Windows 7, I think, uh, mm-hmm. is what I'm on. And um, like OpenEMU, which is the uh, the emulation program I use, accepts it out of the box too, um, which is great because the D-pad on that is baller. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, it's hard not to be better than the Xbox D-pad. Yeah. Which is <laughs> even on its own merits, even yeah. even outside of the context of the 360 controller, which is yeah. heated up garbage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the 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 UI on the PS4 for much the same reason, you know, that Gary said there, um, which is it doesn't try and put like buy this new shit um, in front of you. Like when you boot it up, it just has here are the most recent games you've played. Like get in there and go, yeah. you know, go go for it, which is exactly the information I want to see when it fires up. I had uh, I had something weird happen today, so I picked up a I'm like a wash and new hardware recently. Uh, you know, I have a Wii U, I have it on like I have the controller on its little charging dock uh, on my on my coffee table, and uh, I see the home button blinking, 
I think, oh, did somebody send me a friend request? Did somebody, you know, bloop me on here or whatever? Check this out. Bloop. Oh, no, they're advertising Mario Party 10. Hmm. So oh, they, wow. So apparently there's a light that goes on in my house whenever Nintendo decides I need to buy something, which is upsetting to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, man! The um on my on my 3ds and this happened to you too. I think uh, they downloaded that Pokemon free to play game. Yeah. Stealthily in the background, they fucking YouTube it. Like Ooh. it just became a song of innocence on my 3ds. <laughs> Fuck. You know what's horrible? It, jumping tracks to the the YouTube thing. My my phone starts auto playing music whenever I I hook up my Bluetooth if I don't have a podcast running. And for I don't really keep music on my iPod because it's it's all songs and stuff. So when that went on, before I could figure out how to take it off, just for like you know a couple of days, U2 would start playing automatically every yeah, time. Yeah, every time, like mandatory U2. The uh, yeah, that sucks. Like it happens to me too, where I'm like, um, I've talked about it before. I think we're all like be taking a shower or something, listening to music on shuffle, and then just like some fucking adult contemporary pops on <laughs> my, my phone. I'm just like, what is this? Oh, like, is that U2 thing that happened to all of us? <laughs> like, you know. That you two thing that takes a ten page fact or a ten step, you know, tutorial to get to get off of your entire system. Yeah, and and a, a really uh, sanctimonious like Bono thing of well, I guess the world didn't want the beauty that we provided for free. You know, <laughs> this really obnoxious uh, statement that he wrote about that. The uh, man talking about that Xbox 360 UI. Like I remember that when I used to. I haven't like fired up my Xbox 360 since we did Crackdown, but when I would fire it up, like like everyone's there'd be like I had tons of football players on my home screen. <laughs> like what is this? Why are you showing me football players? I've never played a football game. Like I'm not. There's no reason for you to show me this. Like what are you doing? Well, liking sports is the default, Gary. Hey, well, is there a switch I can flip on the back of my Xbox or something like that? Yeah, it's in system settings and it's just as sports. Yeah, and just yeah, declare or disable. <laughs> you have to have. And then it's all rollerball or murderball, um, <laughs> like footage. Like, you have to have it connect, and then every morning at 8.01 a.m., you have to shout, I'm ready for some football, and then it will get away. <laughs> they just need to know, because if you don't say you're ready for some football, they're going to prime you until you are ready for some football. The only way I can get ready for football is seeing ads for football. Yeah. To remind you that football exists. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in case you would forget. Yeah. I'm well aware. <laughs> Xbox 360. Man. Yeah. But it, yeah, in short, I dig it. Um, I'm looking forward to playing free games, PS Plus, if they do you know, more stuff I want to play. Even though like I have enough games to play too, so I'm just like collecting them for the future. <laughs> like someday I'll really get deep into this and you know, who knows if that day will actually happen. Um, <laughs> but hopefully it will. Yeah, oh, I one mean, last piece on the hardware that I'm curious about. Um, we talked about it a while back on the level, but I feel like it's a good thing to just check in on every couple of months or something. Has anyone done anything really new and cool with the different colored lights on the controller? Um, I know it's the light meter in the, in the new Thief. That's um, okay. what I read. Uh, which I have on PC, so I'll never play that on my PS4. The, um, you know, the games I played don't do anything with it. It's just kind of a pretty nightlight that you have at the same time you have a PlayStation 4. Yeah, well, like, was it GTA that did, like, cop lights when you were yeah. being changed? Oh, okay. that's cool. I feel like yeah. one of these days someone is going to come up with, like, a really cool use for it. Uh, it's just one of those things that they, I feel like they threw in there and maybe didn't think about too much. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping that I'll be pleasantly surprised by someone's use of it. 
I haven't checked, but I think that JS Joust actually changes the controller's light depending on which pl- which character you're playing as. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yep. I believe that's the case, but I may be talking out my ass. Like even if so, that's nice, but it's not. You know, yeah. like this is a, fu- a feature they put in to maybe do cool things within the future. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt me. Mm-hmm. Again, like a Ghostbusters reboot or a fucking remake of Predator, like it doesn't hurt me. It's just I haven't seen anybody do anything neat with it. Yeah. Except but, it kind of does because when I when I'm resting, so I'm going to use my phone here as, oh, as my controller. Play, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Most people they they play they they play games um, like this. You know, white people be playing games like this, <laughs> yeah, with 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 the with the light pointed out, you know, at a at a parallel to the ground. Whereas coal people be playing their games like this, okay, um, and just like that's like the natural resting position for my wrists as I do this. And Where so, your fucking elbows go, man. What's that? Where do your elbows go? My, my elbows go on the arms of my recliner. <laughs> okay, I'm trying yeah. to just imagine it. Yeah, and so and so I I play in such a way that the uh, that the light shines into my eye. Oh, hey. <laughs> until, yeah, until it annoys me, and then I correct down to a more natural posture, but then it just rises back up like that. <laughs> Get cool shades. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I'm wearing these because people need to see my eyes, but I do have yeah. cool shades. Yeah, or just get some like reverse, like just sung- like Dwayne Wayne glasses, but with sunglasses on the bottom. And regular, <laughs> like, like special bifocals for PS4. Get some tra- <laughs> PS4 transitions. Yeah. <laughs> Playing transistor with my transitions. Yeah. Be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Timothy Moore, who I don't know who I don't know if he has uh, sent us in a question before. Hey, Timothy. Hey guys, I really love the stuff y'all do. That said, I tend to skip the episodes of WAF concerning games I haven't played myself, as oftentimes I feel that, that I lack the contextual knowledge to truly appreciate the discussion. Are there any episodes in particular that you guys feel warrant a listen regardless of the audience's familiarity with the topic? Thanks. That's a good question. Yeah, um, so that's that's the downfall. I wonder how popular we would be if we chose something that didn't depend on you know people nominally playing the games that we do. We, then we would be like we'd be like a lot of other shows. Yes, we would. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we'd be less popular then. Um, yeah. yeah I, I was literally just because um, I did a guest spot on a show yesterday and then was talking to um, a guy who listens to our fireballs and was saying this exact thing. Like every once in a while he'll branch out, but for the most part it's just just things that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can speak as someone who listens to it, um, and I, I actually really enjoy listening to shows for games I haven't played. Because it's a way for me to get an experience that I just frankly will not get otherwise. I'm not going to go back and play a 60-hour game from you know two generations ago or three generations ago. Um, so I can kind of yeah I can I can kind of get a taste of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I I honestly have not been too thrown off um, by having not played the game. It is really interesting though because if it's a game that I don't even have a visual reference for, listening to the episode I'll actually build up in my mind what I think the game looks like. And then finally, at the end, I'll like go look up the game, and they're always wildly different. Hmm. So like, sacrifice was that way. I think, um, just it looked nothing like what it was in my head. So now I kind of want to go play this game that's in my head. Uh, <laughs> Me too, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um. Yeah, I, it's hard to yeah. Like, uh, what, what were you gonna say, Cole? I would say like any any of the games that we didn't like, um, which is weird, um, but uh, like specifically Indigo Prophecy. 
Um, I would say yeah. that there, there's, a, there's a lot to that game that you can kind of only get by sitting through it, but um, kind of hearing our reactions to it, uh, you know, would, would be would be one that you would be better off getting that getting that in two hours as opposed to as opposed to the ten that the game takes to play. Um, yeah, yeah, like the, one, the ones we don't like, like we don't think you should play them. So if you haven't played them, you're losing less. <laughs> you know, so at least in our opinion. Yeah, um, Rock Band. That's kind of a recent favorite of mine because it is a stealth, uh, just music show. Hmm. Yeah, that one's that goes down easy, and any of the special episodes go down easy. But people probably already took those out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things because as a as a corollary or or a uh, inverse of the of the ones we don't like, like if we really like a game, like I'm looking at a list right now, I'm like, oh, Deadly Premonition, that was great. Uh, but I want you to play that game. Yeah. And I don't want you know any of the stuff kind of messed around with in that. And I would say any of the more narrative heavy ones, um, I would I would you know steer you away from. But. Um, if you yeah, if you are definitely not going to play it and want to buy experience it vicariously, um, or if we really hated it, that's what I would say. Or special, special ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Just uh, I, like I you know hate to be a sensitive baby as you mentioned. Some guy on just com- I was looking through our episodes and some guy commented on the Modern Warfare one that says that he thinks the game fuel personalities are less gross than our regular personalities. That that, that actually put me into like a three hour spiral today. I like. I don't know if that puts like. I'm not in a spiral because it's so. It's such a weird statement. But like, yeah, it's oh, like a dark thing to say. I you know you know so so I, I I wrote up responses. I didn't put it in a text box, but I like wrote it down on like index cards, thinking like actually it is kind of weird that you say that because you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> yeah, like literally. I mean, we we go. I feel like we beat this dead horse a lot, but like. And that's why the, that's where the origins of the expression come from. But like <laughs> you know, we we know that it's not for everybody, bud. It's okay, blurk face. <laughs> that's also just like insulting, you know, in a yeah. real weird way. Like, and he has the context to make that statement. So, like, you know, who's losing here? Yeah. Like you who have who have listened to it enough to know that, or mm-hmm. us who just get to continue being awesome and kicking ass, <laughs> blurred face. Yeah, you know, which is which is one of those things. And then I, you know, I, I had to go and look at like our kind reviews, and you know, it's like thinking, like, oh, there are you know hundreds, if not thousands, of people who listen to us and like us. Yeah. So that's fine. Like it's 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 a okay, but you know, just like in relation to the you know the feedback discussion that we've had before, and I don't want to be prescriptive or anything. If somebody's going to t- talk about a our 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 personalities or b our views, mm-hmm. like that like that isn't actionable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'd like, be like making fun of how we look. Is what's that good? It'd be like making fun of how we look. Like yeah. the, like this comment would be the equivalent of like you know. Is it, you know, I would listen to this except you guys are too fat. Like, that's essentially what this is. Yeah. You know, it is, is not useful. I mean, that, and he didn't mean to be useful, which is fine. Like, we get, we have an overwhelming swell of support. It's very rare that someone's just outright a dick. I just yeah. happened to stumble right across this at the time I was looking for episodes from that very nice person who was like, I really like the show. Which one should I listen to? And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I actually think the Call of Duty episode's pretty, what the f- you <laughs> face, you asshole. I think I think it's really interesting because clearly that person is just trying to get a rise for themselves. You know, like they're like you said, they're not trying to be constructive. They're getting some sort of little buzz out of taking one out of you guys or something yeah. like that, which just is kind of speaks to they view you as powerful or influential enough 
that they get some kind of high out of going against you, or mm-hmm. which just, it's really weird the way the psychology of that works. Yeah, like last night I had a, I had an interaction with somebody on Twitter, um, and you know this it ended up being perfectly fine, but he corrected us on the Onesimus stuff. Like you know we were talking about like oh it's kind of weird how. Paul treated slavery or whatever, and we stepped outside of our wheelhouse to talk about something biblical because we were talking about a biblical game. And he said, actually, you know, Paul was considered, you know, really progressive on slavery at the time, et cetera, et cetera. All perfectly reasonable stuff. But he, he, he couched it along, alongside, like, I really wish you guys would just talk about games because when you talk about religion or, you know, uh, kind of society, you, you know, you, you make me cringe or something like that. And, you know, and, and I responded back saying, hey, you know, you know, listen, it's, we're just, we're just dudes. I'm really thankful for your correction. That's obviously something I didn't know about. You know, we're just kind of responding to it the way that we see it, which, you know, anything yeah. like that. It continued, it continued along there to where it kind of, it kind of settled down to be like, oh, he just disagrees with our views on, on, on a bunch of this stuff. And <laughs> it is using us not being informed on Bible things to be, you know, like just you know, to kind of kind of poke at that, and ultimately it came down to like, oh, he's offended by some of the stuff we say, and that's what keep that's what's keeping him from being a Patreon backer. I'm like, hey, listen, I will not stop you from donating to us because you're conscious. I'm just happy to have you listening. And he said something real nice about Waff, and that was the end of it. And I thanked him for it. Yeah, and that's all. That's all fine. Like if you if you don't like, I like I feel like even in that discussion, we were not particularly like, uh, impolite. Yeah. Or anything like we, you know, we're we're relatively kids' gloves with that stuff. But if we're more so, like, if it offends you and you're just like, I do, I, you know, I would support you guys if we just talked about games. Like, well, there's a bunch of people who don't want us to do that for one. So that kind of feedback is never as useful as people think it is. Like, I think that, that when people say that that kind of thing, I think that they think that they're speaking for more people than maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know, and they also they're not necessarily like, you know, you put yourself in our shoes, like. One dude who says like, "Hey, don't do that," and then like a bunch of other people say that they like it. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it makes it impossible to act on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like at the if we acquiesce to that, we would be flying in the face of things that we have received positive feedback for from other people. You know, and then also more importantly, we'd be flying in the face of the things that we like to do, mm-hmm. uh, which is the biggest part of it. You know, is that like the show wouldn't be good if we didn't like doing it. We wouldn't like doing it if we followed that advice. So it would make the it would make the game talk worse. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't you don't know what you're talking you don't know what you're asking when you ask that kind of thing. Yeah. I think. Um, you know, which is fine. Like if you want to like make that point and stuff, it, but it's not it's not actionable. It's not constructive. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like I wish this, and it's like well okay, you know, like it's it's that cartoon from the internet with the angel that comes down and says okay. <laughs> yeah. you know? Like that's that's the response to that. Okay. Like yep. you know. <laughs> which. It's a very valid way to feel like it. You know, I've had situations where like, I, I love this thing, except for every once in a while I feel like it's, you know, crosses the line or takes a shot at something that just, is, you know, and it, it's personally valid to be like, oh, I wish that wasn't in there, but it's absolutely useless to give that as criticism for the reasons that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not useful, and it's 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 very rare the thing that I dislike every single aspect of it and every single aspect of every single person on a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that that's pretty rare. Yep. Um, you know, and I will listen to a podcast and, like, I'm kind of bored during this part. I wish you wouldn't do it, but that's, like, you can't just expect, like, creation to be tailored to you in yeah. that way. Um, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to construct a straw man out of this guy. Like, I'm not saying he was necessarily, you know, saying that at yeah. all. I'm just saying that, like, it's, you know, it's good you got this out of your, off your chest. 
Um, if you like it, please continue to listen. If not, it's yeah, not yeah. hurting you. It's a Ghostbusters remake. Yeah. Let it go. It's not going to take away, you know, the other stuff that you like more or what have you. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and and that's where that's kind of where it comes down. And I kind of bring bring that that interaction, which was totally pleasant after we got over the Twitter, either the Twitter, you know, communications barrier. Like in contrast to, I think your guys's personality is gross. Yeah. Because you know, in in a lot of ways, the, the 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 very kind person who pointed out, like, hey, you guys were you know wrong and flip about this thing, and you and you know, in your in your show, you know, that at least says, like, hey, maybe you know, like, you may not realize that when you talk about this, you may be offending somebody, or you could know more about like anything like there. There's a kernel of something actionable in that, even if we don't, you know, adopt it wholesale, as opposed to hey, your guys' personalities are gross. Like, I really can't change my personality, and yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm okay. <laughs> but Yeah. I wonder, is, is there a difference between material that someone finds offensive and material that is trying to offend someone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, we're, we're, we're not, like, the shock jocks. Like, we're not the bad boys yeah. of podcasting who are, like... <laughs> I think that one of the things that, like, and I hope this comes off, and maybe it doesn't, but, like, I like to think, like, I'm not putting on anything when we do shows. Like, I'm just, you know, saying stuff I'd normally say. It is just, like, it is just hanging out. Like, it's kind of just a bro-down, you know? There, it's structured, obviously, but it's not... Uh, I don't temper anything, and that's served me pretty well. Um, you know, and I just like it more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing that it, is, it becomes really easy to overthink and kind of over analyze and I did at length in like a blog post that people who are watching this can read <laughs> Patreon backers like it is a thing that I, I think I come to a conclusion that rejects a lot of that but it's a really well considered conclusion I think like yes I listened to that point that yes you know um, this might you know strike somebody as kind of flip or they may not like our views on society uh, but I you know I've considered the evidence and I, I'm not going to change you know yeah. Like yes, I paid attention. No, it didn't make me change, and that's not the same thing. Yeah. You know? I think that point about you know whether or not we're putting on airs or whatever, you know, Dennis, you can speak to that. And like the last time we recorded in person for the level, right? Like that is the conversations we would be having regardless. Yeah. No, I I can attest that Cole is very much like this in 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 everyday life. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> me. <laughs> like it's mostly about your first. Yeah, I guess I came out wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Also, the two guys who run Game Fuel are fucking assholes. Like that—that's that, not—that's no good. Um, uh, maybe they were more real, more genuine. Yeah, they're they're real genuine characters. Uh, Frostcock um, is very much—you know—he's where I want to go when I want to be myself. <laughs> we're in here to, to to talk about the the man feel when you're a b- 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 ball sack. And the yeah. and the guy's just like, you know, these guys are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Like honestly, like it doesn't actually matter. I wish I hadn't even brought it up because it's giving this guy more attention than he deserves. But it, it is, it is like, uh, you know, it is, it is like, it, that's the thing about these things is like, you, you know, you, you throw in these little offhand comments for no good reason, and like it does have an effect. Like, yes, you are punching up, and that's what I think Dennis was getting at, where yeah, like he feels kind of good about it. Um, the guy who did this. Uh, but at the same time, like we're still just people who are just walking around throughout their day, and then you have to see something like that, and it's like. Who wants that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, like, it's, you know, I don't just go to, like, somebody who, like, I mean, I guess that's, you know, I'll make fun of some people on Twitter. Never mind, I, I'm an asshole, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> but, like, to, the, to be fair, it's just, like, 
nobody really if, if it's literally not doing anything and you're just kind of like going to a website and being like this people are you people are fucking stupid it's like well yeah I gotta read that yeah. really yeah. all that it does is take us closer to moderating comments or taking them off entirely because pretty much in terms of the routes of that feedback comes in comments on a website are just a place for people to do drive-bys yeah sure and yeah. for people to kind of act with impunity and you know we put them up there as a courtesy to make it as easy as possible for people to put stuff in there. And sometimes sometimes we get really useful stuff in, but most of the time it's for people who don't want to risk a one-on-one interaction. And you're going to see that across the web. Like we're rare in terms of podcasts that actually keep you know comment sections open. We're rare in terms of small publication sites, you know, that don't have like actual community teams that keep that stuff open because it's relatively low traffic. But yeah. like I mean, if if we get more of that, it's just kind of like I'm sorry, guys. It just goes away. Yeah. An interesting yeah. dynamic is the comments on the Patreon gated articles, and I find that is it's probably just because it's people who are invested in in the network or whatever. But that is really that's where when when I see comments, those are always like really constructive and thoughtful and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and not always like complimentary or like I'm no, yeah, yeah. like they're just constructive. Like it's not like those ones are good because they are nice. Right. They are like sometimes nice, sometimes not, but always good because they're well thought out. Like the thing with with this blurg face guy is it's not even a joke. Like it's <laughs> that, there's there's there's, no, there's nothing to that. Like it's just literally like you are bad. Um, and then, and then that's it. Like, make a joke at least. Like, if you're making fun of me, mm-hmm. then there's fun to be had, and I, I can, I can laugh at myself. Um, that's not even a joke. The, uh, it, you know, it's just literally just like you guys are stupid. Bring some art to it. Yeah. Which is me saying that just feeds into the pretension thing. So. Yeah, I guess I, that's I, I start thumbing through my my '90s snapback book of insults. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At least compare us to a fruit or something. Like, isn't that what happens? Or like a vegetable? Or that's a real '90s uh, joke book insult. Like some real classic put downs. Old school. Hmm. We have some more questions to get through, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, gonna let's go speed around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've got a little bit of a timetable. Okay. Uh, so Brian Skersha writes in, some games, Souls games, MOBA, strategy games, require hands-off time, that's in quotes, uh, spent reading forums or watching videos to get the most out of the experience. How do you feel about the needs for hands-off time to be devoted to a game in order to enjoy it? So like the metagame is like another way to put that. It's like a big thing that pops up in those games that you mentioned, but then also in something like Magic the Gathering or um, like competitive tabletop or board game kind of things. You have to keep up with that stuff. Um, the closest thing I think that we have to that is Dark Souls, but since we avoid P- uh, PvP, we don't really have to do it. Mm-hmm. But PvP in Dark Souls requires hands-off time, like requires study of the metagame. Um, yeah. I think that in a lot of times in games, uh, all the games that he mentioned as an example are all competitive, and that's the thing they have in common. And we kind of dodge that, I think. Yeah. I think that we, you know, at least on Bonfireside Chat and maybe on WAF, I don't know, more so on Bonfireside Chat, we're part of that hands-off time for a lot of people. Yeah. We talk about, like, oh, I, I, I like the Souls games, but listening to this after I complete an area or whatever is additional and supplemental time that helps me, you know, engage more out of it. So I, I like that because we contribute to that, you know, and, you know, I consume it as well. Like, I enjoy opportunities to do research, you know, away from something. There's something to be said for an all-encompassing experience. This is like, okay, everything is within the boundaries of this. But, uh, you know, watching some kind of crazy YouTube tutorial for Minecraft, even, 
um, mm-hmm. is another example of this kind of stuff. Um, you know, kind of scratches an itch that I, you know otherwise wouldn't be scratched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll come at this from a, a bit of a different angle, which is kind of hands-off time just processing the game. Uh, and I think about when I played Spec Ops The Line, uh, and you know, I, I played that over a longer period of time and, and kind of spent so much time thinking about it and, and processing it away from it, just like, just like you would a book. But I think the really cool thing about video games is you can literally come back to something from a different angle or try it a different way. Whereas I think you can come back to a book or a movie with a different perspective, but you're going to see the exact same thing every time. Um, video games are this interesting where that hands-off time, that, that processing time, can actually then come back and reinform and change the experience, um, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, and I spend time, um, like I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos and I do a lot of time like reading reviews and stuff like that um, afterwards to kind of help my reflections on games and read other people's perspectives. Um, it's not in order to be competitive, it's just in order to have a more full understanding, um, which yeah. is, is a little bit different than what was asked, but also useful, kind of Dennis's point. It's wonderful that every game has a wiki. Yeah. <laughs> Even if some of them are trash. Oh, yeah. Some of them are trash, but like you get something like a Fallout wiki, where it's yeah. like, okay, you know, I can just hit random on this and find something interesting to read that'll you know, kind of inform something else about the, about the game that I wouldn't expect that piece of information to even touch. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, have there been any thoughts about doing live shows anywhere besides Portland or Duckfeed meetups elsewhere? Daddy! Yes. We, we've, we've definitely thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a venue and then we need um, like probably slightly more money because that's a really expensive proposition. Um, especially if we went, I mean, if we went to Cincinnati, like if there's, I don't think that there's like a big game thing. There are comic conventions. There are a handful of those, but uh, yeah. usually that's places where like Jewel State from Firefly will, uh, you know, come and do signings, not so much local game cast guys. Yeah. So, like, it would need to be, like, it would have to be appropriately sized because, like, even our, our you know, moral can... Worse. Or, 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 sorry. Our moral compunctions aside, like, PAX is way too big for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have to be something like Too Many Games um, or something like that. And uh, that, as a third party, would be more expensive than even doing Portland Retro Gaming Expo because we'd both have to have airfare and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it does require a lot of money. Like it's something that we've talked about with the Patreon because we're not just you know literally keeping that going to just pocket the excess. You know, like like I, I've said this before, but I, I make very little money off the Patreon. Like almost all of that goes back into the network, one way or another. Um, but the uh, so yes, yes we have thought about it. I would love to do it. I would love to do that a couple times a year. Like it is the most fun I have during the year, and I would love to get to other parts of the country and do it. Yeah, I would love to. So in terms of like meetups, I've thought about we just need a proper venue here in Cincinnati. I thought that that arcade, uh, the, the arcade legacy was going to be a good place oh. to do it. But uh, oh. here's the problem. No booze. And also it's in a f- crazy fucking scary dead mall. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not good. There, we could just... Actually, I've heard there are a couple of new barcades opening up. Yeah. Let's just pick a dead mall. Like they'll rent out that space for a <laughs> And then just like come to go to Mall 175, <laughs> you know, the abandoned sunglasses hut, and 
it's 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 really upsetting like i thought oh this is going to be kind of this is going to be kind of spooky but even the place itself i wasn't i wasn't that impressed with it <laughs> so to dennis's point those barcades will be good and i know that we have we we have you know some listeners here within like a stone throw who might come with enough notice um and if not hey it's a time for you know you and me and david to get drinks um but Ooh. uh but yeah that's just one of those things yeah so the answer to the question yes Yes, we thought about it. It's just a matter of logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are a millionaire who wants to pay for our private flights out to a location that you specify, um... well, they don't have to be private. Like I'll fly a coach. Like I don't, <laughs> they don't need to be private. Like a like a charter single engine says. Look, man, reach reach for the moon and maybe <laughs> grab a couple stars. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, you always need to have that open appeal to an eccentric billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> That's my retirement plan. <laughs> Um, let's see here. I know we're coming up on your time, Gary, so I want to be as mindful of that as possible. Okay, we can, we can speed around it. Okay. Yep. Um, there's a longer question here uh, from Graham on the comments. Uh, Jonathan Blow has said that, that that a good game doesn't waste a player's time. Gary, you frequently bring up uh, uh, that quote when games punish failure by making players do large portions of the game over uh, that they supposedly master. However, one would argue that punishing players by making them do parts of the game again is necessary to achieve any kind of intensity in the challenge. Not all games need this, mind. Um, and one would argue... Uh, getting, uh, uh, so now Gary has made it clear uh, that he's a, a very experiential gamer and doesn't care to master games, but Gary, do you think that a game making the player do anything over again is inherently bad? No, of course not. Like You just have to learn from every time you fail. Yeah. Like, you know, I love the Dark Souls games, and you, you fail all the time, but every single time you're making advancement, uh, making advances because you're gaining knowledge. Um, it's when you have to start doing something over and over again and you're not gaining anything uh, from it, when it starts uh, wrinkling and getting under my saddle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the next um, backer blog, which I'm late on, but I have it, like, partly written, is about me falling out of love with JRPGs, and a lot of it is because I feel like they fundamentally don't respect the player's time. Like, it is something that, like, the mechanic of random battles is a bad mechanic that never should have been, almost. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I've come around on that really hard where I'm like, I have no time for this, and I don't know why I liked it, other than just, like, it was knitting. Like, it was something to do with my hands while I thought about, you know, girls in school. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it's kind of bad, but, like, if, if you're failing at something and having to do it again, if you're learning something, good. But I don't think like the run-up necessarily is great, and that's one of the things like I keep bringing up Dark Souls, um, and that's that some people are complaining about it on Twitter because people are complaining about things about Bloodborne, whenever they could. But like, there's oh they just kept the thing where you just run past the enemies uh, when you have to go to the boss. Like no 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 that that's a feature like that's not a bug. You go through <laughs> the area really slowly, and then you run past it when you have to keep trying the boss. And I haven't found any boss that I can't get to in under a minute. Right. So like if it's disrespecting my time, it's doing it on a super small scale. I agree with that. Add something new to each iteration. Don't make it empty fluff. Um, put in modern conveniences and kind of conscientious design where you can. Yeah. I'd say I'm, I'm fine being forced to redo the thing that I failed at. But if there's a bunch of stuff that I succeeded at and then one thing I failed at, I shouldn't have to do the stuff I succeeded at again. Yeah. 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 Doing the thing I failed at again is great because I need to do it over and over until I succeed. Mm-hmm. But that individual thing is the thing I want to do over again. Especially if it stacks. Like, if it's going to be for my own good to know how to do this later on, then yeah, make me do it, because you're just going to save me compounding frustration later. Yeah. 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 So hopefully we got to the, the root of that. If not, ask again next month. 
Yeah. Um, Dennis asks, how, or, sorry, no, Sam Anderson asks, Dennis, how's the whole video games and raising a baby combination working out? Do you play different games now or put in headphones? Oh, man, that's a, that's a good one. I have, I'm surprised at how well I still have free time or how much free time I still have because Luke goes to bed at 8, and, you know, that's, that's like when I'm kind of winding down, which, you know, on one hand is sad because I get home from work and I've got like two hours to, to hang out with him and then he's down for the night. Um, and I'm sure that'll change as his sleep schedule changes. But, you know, my, my night doesn't look that different because the, the thing making it different is uh, is asleep. <laughs> so um, I, I think I, I do a lot more um, co-op gaming. So I try to find stuff that I'm doing with, with my wife because it, it's, it's more about finding ways that we can we can interact. Um, and uh, I do a lot more gaming, I would say, with the mute button on. So I gravitate toward, towards games um, that I can kind of play while having a conversation or play and be easily interrupted. And in a way, that's, that's kind of made, um, I, I decided to do, you know, an XCOM Let's Play, which is great, and I'm really enjoying it, but it's very hard for me to find these solid blocks of time where I'm not going to be interrupted. Um, so, you know, I, I still play games plenty. I just look for, for games um, that can be interrupted, and I play them in shorter bursts. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've let Luke screw around with the controller a little bit here and there. He doesn't quite get it yet. <laughs> uh, so, but it, yeah, it's, parenthood has, has, um, has been changed my life in huge ways in all sorts of ways. I've been surprised at how free time has not been impacted as much as I thought it would. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Gary, what's your time situation? Can you do? Uh, can you do a couple more? Yeah. Yeah. Just as long as we're quick. Okay. I don't. I don't have a deadline. I just had a rough day and. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing I need to do. Understood. And it's not just so I can go play play Bloodborne. It's so I can <laughs> go eat food and cook food and do house stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see here. Mike Verano, He has a multi-part question here that I'm going to try and um, boil down. Uh, so I've been thinking a bit about Hotline Miami 2, specifically the trigger warning thing that starts the game. I'm glad it's there. Uh, no one needs any abusive memories triggered for them. Um, that said, it does feel at least interesting to me that this happens in a game devoted to committing horrific acts of violence. Um, let's see here. Um, I welcome any criticism, but how do you guys think video games and art can achieve um, the sort of mission of portraying these things without being insensitive or while remaining sensitive? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I think that like uh, Hotline Miami doesn't doesn't do it. Like, um, yeah. like the 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 trigger warning and the ability to skip it is really good, um, but the scene could have been cut just as well. Like, it doesn't. It is gratuitous in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't add to the narrative, and it's not not important. Um, the uh, I think the game just had to treat it with respect. Like, if you were going to make a game that featured sexual assault that was not gross, um, I would want it to be, like, I almost think that somebody who has experience with that would need to be involved. Um, like, if somebody made a game about sexual assault who had been the victim of it, I would be interested in playing that game. I'm not interested in what, like, 30 white dudes in a studio um, want to use it as a plot device, necessarily. You know, like, I think that's more, more what it is. Like, it can't just be a flippant... Like this is to make things more grimdark or make a guy more of a bad guy. Um, yeah. So I think that's what it would need is like just different different stories told about it or from different perspectives. Does that make sense? Do you, what do you guys think? 
it totally makes sense to me. And, you know, it, it, it's gratuitous in a way that, like, they're trying to set it up and make it feel more, you know, depraved and grungy and kind of dumb and brutal and everything. But the problem is they do that so successfully in so many other ways that there's a diminishing return on that. And they have to, you have to think about the cost-benefit of, you know, upsetting people on one hand and upsetting them in the right way on the other. Like, they hit on every other cylinder, that that extra cylinder that just kind of pushes the line for the sake of pushing the line, it feels like, um, you know, is is unintentionally hurtful in a, in a way that I don't think suits the product. Yeah. In a way that, do, that, that doesn't suit the expression, because it already feels so gross and so depraved and so dumb and brutal. Yeah, and, they, and and to the point where when you said that they have it, or the, the question said it, and that it's a game that already features all this violence, this wasn't the comparison I think the person asking the question was, but something you see on Twitter is like, why are people mad about the sexual assault when they're not mad about the violence? And part of that, like, yes, like, but it's not that they shouldn't be mad about the sexual assault, it's that mm-hmm. why are people, you know, it's the fact that violence has become such a, just the de facto verb for games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of part of what Highline Miami says, like, there's a lot of different interpretations. Like, that, that is a game that is trying to say something. It's not, you know, Pac-Man. Um, yeah. But the, uh, it, it's like, yes. Yes, you're right, but it is more that we should question the fact that, like, the only way that you interact with things in games is to murder them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love Hotline Miami, too. Like, I, I fucking love that game. Like, I, and this is, yeah, it doesn't mean that, like, I'm taking that away from anybody, or I didn't have tons of fun, or I don't think it's a great game. Like, I loved it. It's just, there's, it's not perfect. And these are some ways that it's not, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't have any reference with Hotline Miami too, so I can't speak to that specific part. Um, I was I was really frustrated. If you guys remember, in was it? It might have been the Tomb Raider game, or it might have been The Last of Us. I can't remember what. But one of like the demos that they showed had had a yeah, it was Tomb Raider. Had a combat situation where, you know, it, something you know, some kind of sexual assault was was implied. It, you know or alluded to, that that felt like part of the danger to the player character. And uh, there was huge backlash against it, and the studio backed away from it. And I, I was frustrated, because I, I think games, as, as a medium, have as much of a right to include and talk about those things as any other medium. Um, so I, I, I absolutely think that there is a way to handle it. Um, and I want to see... what That's wrong way to say it. I don't want to see people go there. But I, I think it is something that games can help people explore and deal with. Um, I think the thing that needs that we haven't figured out yet is how to give people agency in those situations um, without coming across completely tone deaf and, and creating you know, ways that people can just be complete shitbags or you know, handling that in general. I don't think we've figured out. So how yeah. do you address those themes without you know, creating situations to, to really just allow people to do wrong things? How do you earn it? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like I'm not saying that you like a game will never deal with that well. I think mm-hmm. I think the games have the right to, um, you know, just as much as as you do. Um, mm-hmm. I think that even as something as like, you know, mildly uh, kind of progressive as the newest Tomb Raider was seen, and I haven't played it to be totally fair, but knowing what that is, like I feel like that's probably not the place for it, especially when it's just used as like shitty icing on a garbage cake. You know, mm-hmm. where it's just like she's already in danger of being murdered, but this is a little worse. Yeah. You know, like, that is not a good use of sexual assault. Perhaps. I, I think it felt, and, and again, the room of white dudes talking about it, so I, I take this with a grain of salt, it felt genuine to the situation. 
right? Like this is this is something that she would would be going through her mind in this situation, in addition to the violence. Um, and you know, it's I think <clears throat> a bunch of people were made to think about that and feel that way, who never have to deal with that on a normal basis, and that's where the discomfort came from. And but I you know I, I think that's that was real and genuine. And that was what disturbed people, but I think it's it's good to have that sort of real genuine stuff in there. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is kind of a bigger discussion um, yeah. than I have time for. Um, I don't I don't entirely agree, but I I'm we we can continue this another time. Um, while I respectfully disagree with, sure, with sure. that, like with this thing, I, and again, I don't I don't think that video games can't do it. Like that is not my point. No. Um, but I feel like the like. I'm not like this is gonna make it sound like I'm just trying to get in the last word. So I will. I will literally just. We can continue this discussion another time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not trying to get in the last like closing statement or anything. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's see here. We have two, we have two more, and they're right. and they're short. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, Brian Skirship, have you noticed the hardware tab make itself a permanent fixture on Steam's front page lately? What are some of your thoughts and if any on the Steam box, con- Steam controller, or Steam Link? Um, you know, not for me. Like, if you guys have thoughts, lay them on me, because that's, you know, I've got a nice computer, and that's what I'll use for Steam yeah. stuff. I probably won't do anything with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy a console if I want to play anything with high graphics, and my Mac can handle anything else, so. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the Steam controller. I'm curious enough to invest in it at launch, I think. Um hmm. The Steam Link may or may not be a worthwhile thing, but that satisfies an itch that I have, which is I want to have a box that just plugs into my computer that can pull games from other more capable capable machines. Um, so, like, it'd be great to have my PC out on my desk and then just fling video over. The problem is Steam and, and, and home streaming would have to be much faster and much less apparent than it is, you know, even on my current setup right now, just streaming to a Mac. So that has a little bit more of a, a uh, little bit more of a sales pitch it needs to make to me, in order to fit in there. Uh, but the controller looks pretty nice to me, um, and that'll be, you know, a relatively low burn kind of thing to play around with and see if it fits. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would touch one. Like if I was at a show, I would touch it. <laughs> yeah. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Sam Anderson says, I'm greater than 300 hours into Souls games, and I've gotten pretty good at PvE, so it's less challenging now. I still haven't tackled the Dark Souls 2 DLC, though. Is it worth it for gameplay, uh, or is the uh, or is the thematic stuff all that's there? I oh, think man, the gameplay, right. dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gameplay, that's really good. The thematic stuff is great, but also it's the hardest content in the game and best design levels and best design bosses in the game are all there. Um, cool. This is something we can talk about off camera, but just as a sneak preview. Um, you know what we should amend to our Bloodborne conversation on Sunday, our first impressions, is the translation of the Dark Souls 2 Design Works interview. Yes. Have you found that? Uh-huh. We should talk about that a little bit, because there's a lot in there. There is. We'd be remiss if we didn't cover that in some way. Yeah. Um, so the... Uh, <laughs> and they talk a little bit about that, and to our suspicions were correct. Like, the DLC all got you know made after the game had shipped, and like was a complete thing, and there were some troubled things in the development of the main game that make sense right. in retrospect. Dennis, you haven't played any of the DLC, have you? Uh, no, not yet. I, I mean, I played the Dark Souls DLC, not mm. Dark Souls 2 DLC. Mm. Yeah. Um, give it a shot. I know that you had that you had concerns or you weren't satisfied with the with the ending of vanilla Dark Souls 2. Yes. Um, the updated uh, kind of scholar of, this for, of the first sin stuff, I think, will address your concerns with it. 
Is I was told that New Game Plus maybe did a little bit to make the ending make more sense as well. Not really. Not the ending. Like it, it some of the stuff leading up to the ending gets had some shade. But gotcha. I like some some tint, but like it's not uh the new stuff though, like if you actually the new stuff, the Scholar of the First Sin stuff and the DLC stuff will help, I think. Okay. Yeah, then I'd be interested in it. Yeah. Recommended. Yeah. That might that might tide me over while I'm waiting for my PS4. So Yes. Nice. Yes. Cool. Yeah, and that's uh that's everything. Thank you everybody so much for uh for putting in your questions. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to rush us off, people who are watching and, and listening in the future. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Dennis, um we know where we can find you, but say it. We know, but maybe these people don't know. Where where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, if you're if you're looking for me in podcast form, I'll start there. Um, go to duckfeed.tv slash the level, uh, and that's the roundtable that you heard me describing the, the origins of early in the show. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at dfuria, D-F-U-R-I-A. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of anywhere else you could reach me. If you like XCOM, I love XCOM, uh, and and uh, I'm doing a, a let's play of that on YouTube. Um, if you just search for my name, I'll pop up. But th- 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 those are the main places to find me. Yeah, uh, all all recommended. So well, thank you. Yeah, I'll do so. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, Dennis, and thank you so much everybody um, who's watching and you know has submitted questions for uh, for for coming along with the ride. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and we'll see you guys in a month. Cool. Are we out of anything else? No. All right. I'm gonna uh, stop the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>